I will be talking with Coach Rich Smith from the Madison Polar Caps. A little bit of background is I first met Rich at a Coleman Cup regional combined practice back in 2019. While I was there uh, with coaching with Coach Rich, uh, one of the things I was blown away by was your ability to instruct the kids, play off my, my drills and my coaching stuff, and then add value to all the drills that we were doing. So that weekend here is one of the reasons why I got you on the show is because I want you to bring a little bit of what you did for that combined regional practice and then share it with some of these coaches out here. So, Rich, how are you doing? Good. And by the way, that thanks for having me, number yes. one. And, and number two, thanks for hosting that uh, combined regional practice. That was fabulous. I can't – like, I came out of that um, and talking to the kids from the group that I brought up, and they were yes. like – and the parents, they were ecstatic. I just thought that was such a fabulous opportunity for kids to train together. Um, yeah, they were going to compete against each other. Yep. And as it turned out, right, they played – twice and once in the championship but but even better some of those kids like became friends at the training yep. so they knew each other and oh what an awesome opportunity yeah you know that was one of the things that i was really kind of you know like i we obviously were disappointed that uh the coleman cup didn't get to happen this year for the 2007 and 8s oh yeah i'll tell you we were gonna do that again and that was one of the highlights that i was looking forward to again is working with the uh, region four coaches and I was hoping to get some more of the Region 5 coaches in there and maybe bring in some other kids like that to do what we did and replicate it. But that weekend in and of itself was, was pretty special. Like, it was the first one, so we didn't really all know what we were doing. But right. how you, myself, Christian, Steve, we were all able to interact and, and bring value, um, I, I, I tell you what, and that's one of the reasons I'm loving having you on right now is because it wasn't just value for the kids, but I learned a lot. Oh, like, I, I, I tell you what, I'm still, yeah. we, we've got the, uh, we've got the Blick three cone drill skating yeah. drill that we use and, you know, the stuff that, you know, Steve and I like stole from you, yeah. um, and your brother from that, um, yeah. we, you know, we name all our drills. Yeah. And so if we learn them from somebody, they get, you know, gets their name on it. And so, um, yeah, for sure. Anytime you get an opportunity to, to work with other people, it's so important because you, you, uh, can, you can glean so much from what they do. Oh yeah, it's all coaching is just stealing drills, right? <laughs> oh, for sure, absolutely. But you know, the big thing is too, it's not just stealing the drills. There's plenty yep. of times where I say that drill is really cool looking. Yep. What are they working on? Yep. Right? So I like that drill, so I want to use it, but I can't just use it to use it. I have to yep. have a purpose behind using it. Yep. Well, sometimes you steal a drill, but you don't use it for you know a month, two months. Yep. To, oh, now we really need that. Yeah. And that really fit in here. That's the other thing too, is I got some of your drills that I, and this is what I, I, I call it stealing drills, but I also like when you can take a drill that you see someone else using that. It's a great drill. But then at the same time, you could just say, well, let's improve it or let's tailor it to my kids and what right. we need. And that's one of the things that I got out of that camp was we had those, we, we, we did a lot of battle drills. We did a lot of skill drills and things like that. But yeah. the thing that I noticed was that like for my Coleman cup team, I realized that my team had some deficiencies and mm -hmm. I was able to take some of those drills that I saw from you and go, okay, well, how does that work for my team, right? Like, how does right. that, how can this improve my players for my for my tournament? And that was one of the things too that I saw was was that the ability to take the what I was learning from you guys, what I was learning about my kids at the time, because at Coleman Cup you don't have that much time to to prepare right. things like that. So it was it was just an awesome experience, and it was uh, just I wish we could have done it again this year, and I'm I'm excited to bring it back next year. Uh, hopefully for the 2021 and and that's the other thing too is like I'm hoping to get you even though even though your kids are out of the Coleman Cup to bring you back for it because 
it's not just good for myself, but it's good for all the other coaches who can come there and experience and share the knowledge that we had that weekend. So, right. And I always, I mean, it's yeah. so fun, right? It's always yeah. it's high energy and you get after it. And yeah, so I'd love to do that. It's, it's always, it's always fun to be able to jump in and, and get out there and, and coach some different kids. Yep. Yep. So uh, give me a little bit about yourself. Tell me a little about your playing career um, and, you know, where you grew up and where you, and who you played for. Okay, so I, I grew up in uh, Madison on the yep. west side, and I played for uh, I played youth hockey for Westmoreland. Okay. So some people, like the older people, I'm old, so some of the <laughs> older people would know uh, Westmoreland Saints. But I played before they were the Westmoreland Saints. It was okay. Westmoreland Hockey Club, and uh, Southside Saints was their own club, and they uh, – eventually merged once I got a little older. Um, I got I super lucky. I, I had um, the same coach for my might and peewee years. And mm-hmm. his name was Mike Varney. And he was unbelievable. He was a non-parent coach that um, just was absolutely fantastic. And then I had another non-parent coach as a bantam. His name was Shelly Gottlieb, who was a student at the university and was passionate. So I got a lot of passion from hockey and, 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 uh, from those two guys, Mike Varney was unbelievable. Um, you know, way back in the Madison Cardinal days, uh, the beginning really of, of some high school hockey in the state and stuff. And he just was, uh, he taught the game of sharing the puck and how to play the right way. So I was super lucky. And then of course I, I played with some, we had a core group of really good players. We won a state championship and things like that. Um, I went on to play high school at Madison West um, for Joe Balderota. Okay. And who ended up, he was the coach at UW Stevens point for like, after I graduated, mm-hmm. he took the job at uh, Stevens point. Um, and then I wanted to, maybe to try some junior hockey, but my dad said, Nope, uh, that's not, you, you don't get to do that. Um, so I played, uh, I played club hockey at UW Whitewater for four years down there. Um, it was a great experience, uh, made a lot of good friends and, and, and did some, some pretty cool things down there. Um, so that, you know, that was kind of, that's kind of my playing career in a nutshell. I love, I love hearing about guys who play ACHA hockey because, uh, nowadays, some people have always have the goals of making it the NCAA and stuff like that. But I always tell them ACHA hockey is an awesome, awesome opportunity for players to play. Uh, in my own backyard at Marion University, we have two Marion ACHA programs. They're fantastic. They get all the perks, the same thing the NCAA teams get, and they have the same experience. Um, guys are great. Their coaches are fantastic. So, I mean, like, I always want to promote ACHA hockey. Like, hey, just because you didn't make it the NCAA doesn't mean your career is over. Like, ACHA hockey is a great option for a lot of people out there. So, um, but you bring up, um, you know, you're, you're, you play, you played at UW Whitewater. I also know you, you coached at UW Whitewater for a little yeah. bit too. Um, yeah. under, you know, Tom McDonald gave me a little shout out this morning saying, Hey, ask him about it, but give me a little bit of background on your coaching career. So, um, when I was playing at UW Whitewater, um, I was going to school. I went to school. I'm I'm a physical education, health and physical education teacher. Mm -hmm. So I went to school for education for PE. Um, The coach I had at the time, I had two coaches there. One was Dave Lorai, um, who's at Sauk Prairie right now, Sauk Prairie High School. And the other one is Brian Campbell. And Brian Campbell um, was at McFarland. He had some health issues a couple years ago and he's retired. But two two guys that that did a lot for me. Well, Dave was working at uh, Culver Military Academy running their summer hockey camps or working okay. their summer hockey camps and they needed somebody to work hockey camps. So I started kind of coaching hockey when I was in college at a hockey school at um, 
Culver Military Academy. But then mm-hmm. once I um, once I got out, uh, kind of when I was done playing, I um, I worked with John Mowerman yep. at uh, Janesville. And actually, when I was student teaching in Janesville before I had graduated, I helped him coach Janesville Parker High School before they were a co-op. And then the first year they co-opted, I I was uh, I coached their JV with John. Um, and then I um, coached UW Whitewater for three years, yep. and uh, that was that was that was a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, and at, then the last two of those years, I also coached Janesville High School, so I was mm-hmm. coaching those two teams. Um, from there, uh, I took a job at Verona Area High School, and I yep. was head coach for Verona for thirteen seasons. Uh, that I took over after Mark Johnson. Uh, yeah. The Mark Johnson. That's pretty intimidating. Yeah. You walk into, you walk into an ice arena and, uh, their previous coach was a gold medalist is, uh, it's pretty intimidating, uh, <laughs> pretty intimidating thing to do, but uh, I had a great experience. I still teach in Verona. Yeah. Uh, I coached there for 13 years. Um, then my son, my oldest son was getting a little older. So, and coaching in two arenas, this was tough. So, I uh, stepped down from there and coached to full-time coach my son. Um, and I did that for a couple of years. And then Madison West uh, High School needed a, an assistant coach. So um, I coached, uh, I, I stepped in and helped there and I've been doing that for seven years. Now, mm-hmm. in the meantime, all of that kind of uh, high school and college coaching, I was, I've been doing that. Um, I've coached, you know, some Janesville Jet, or some uh, Wisconsin Junior Jets um, teams in the spring, and I've coached some wheel teams. I coached, my nephew was playing wheel, so I coached his team. So mm-hmm. I've, I've done some of that. I've done a bunch of the senior class tournament stuff. But um, youth hockey-wise, I've coached everywhere from the initiation, learn to skate yep. with both my kids up through, um, well, through midget uh, hockey when I've done wheel stuff. Yep. So, uh, you know, I really kind of hit a lot of different levels and, um, you know, I've coached B teams and A teams, um, and I've coached some bad teams and some really good teams as far as talent level. So, and I've told, and I've coached teams that had, um, like some of us all deal with, uh, you know, great chemistry and some that have struggled with chemistry. Yep. And so, uh, Ultimately, I guess what it means is I probably made more mistakes than anybody in hockey, mm-hmm. and hopefully I've learned from them. And um, usually I ask people the question, um, you know, give me how the game has changed from when you were a kid to now. But uh, with your vast coaching background and uh, how long you've been doing it, I figured I'd ask the question, how has the game changed from when you first started coaching to right now? Yeah, well, um, you know, that's pretty similar to even when I was playing. Because when I yeah. first started coaching, it was – it, you know, it was the coach's way, right? Yep. And this is what you said. And, um, and the, the, what you did in practice was you, um, warmed up the goalies with a wave drill and then you worked on one-on-ones and then you worked on two-on-ones and then you may work on some systems and then you bag skated them. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a bag skate. It wasn't, I mean, it was a bag skate, yep. but it was conditioning is what yep. you did. It was conditioning. It's, you know, it's what Herb Brooks did with the Olympic team. It's yep. what, that's, that's how you spent, you know, 15 minutes skating them hard. And if they, if their tongues weren't dragging, then maybe it wasn't a good enough practice, yep. you know? Um, and 
it's totally different now. Yeah. I mean, it's not like right now. I mean, we skate at the beginning, but uh, like I, 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 the wave drill, I don't know if you know, like what you may call it, but it's, you got five, four lines or six lines. And maybe if you have two goalies and a full ice practice, you know, the five guy on the far side goes and the guy, he catches a pass. And then the next guy goes and catches a pass from the opposite line. And then yep. right. Everybody goes all the way down the ice and takes a shot. Oh my gosh. I could poke my eyes out if I saw that now. I mean, there's so much standing around and nobody's getting any better and the goalies are supposed to get warmed up, but guys are, you know, throwing bombs at the goalie's head. I mean, it's just right. So now, you know, you get on the ice and you skate and you maybe you work on edge work or whatever. And the conditioning wise is all built into what you do in practice, yep. right. And, and your drills and, um, and, and, and your small games and all that. So it's all a matter of pace and practice that creates a, a game like scenario that, that has you um, conditioned for your game. Yeah. And that's a great point you bring up here because it's one of the things that I would hope a lot of coaches can take away from what you just said was, was that when you're doing a practice, if your practice is run correctly, um, your conditioning is just a natural part of it. And if your kids are moving all the time, there's no need to say, well, let's get on the line and skate the last five minutes of practice or 10 minutes. It's, it's already built in. These kids are going to be dragging from the moment, you know, you know, 45 minutes into practice because that's just the way your drills are going. That's the way you're, you're motivating the kids and getting them running. So it's an awesome point. Um, <clears throat> so in terms of the game changing and things like that, um, you know, also the roles and responsibilities of, of people that you coach with, like your assistant coaches and things have changed. What are some of the roles and responsibilities that you've given to your assistant coaches? That's a great question. Yeah. So, you know, the one thing, um, right. We're, we were talking a little before, right. Yeah. We're coaching kids, right. Yep. We're not coaching hockey. Hockey is the sport that the kids are playing. We are actually coaching kids. And one of the things we're trying to get out of the kids is for them to be uh, good teammates. Yep. Right and be able to work together because whether they go on to become a successful hockey player and go to a high level or whether they go on to do a workforce, the, the skills that they learn of being a great teammate, um, mm -hmm. being able to work together with people is what really is going to help them coming okay. from hockey. Um, if I want that for my kids to do, we have to model that as coaches. Yeah. So uh, that's the big thing. When I come, when I have coaches, when I'm the head coach, I always start the season off with the coaches meeting and mm -hmm. tell them said, and I say, uh, Hey, if you see something that uh, you want to do, then you need to tell me. Right. And I always yeah. tell them like, I'll come to practice with a practice plan. But if you, if there's something that you want to do, tell me my practice yeah. plan isn't in stone. We can scratch something and we'll find a way to put it in. And if we don't, maybe can't do it that day, we'll find a way to put it in. And I have to, you know, give you that autonomy as an assistant coach to speak up because together we're all smarter, together we're all yeah. better. Um, so, I, you know, I don't, that's not necessarily like the roles they have as um, like in practice. That's kind of a roles yeah. of we're in this together. So mm -hmm. our minds together um, will be better than, uh, you know, mine alone for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, and that's something I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of great coaches at the youth level. Uh, and they have, one of the reasons they have successful feel or seasons is because they get the buy-in from their assistant coaches, right? They get the, they get the assistant coaches that are able to provide feedback, you know, think on their own as far as like making changes and suggesting changes. And then the biggest thing is like I've said before with assistant coaches, you got to have communication, right? 
you want to be you want to make sure your assistant coaches communicate with you with the kids and feel comfortable enough to do it and i think that's one of the things that i, I get a lot from coaches is like well i'm just the assistant coach like well, no you're you're we're a coaching staff we're, we're one unit working together so i love the fact that you said like you have that meeting you give the players you're you're, you're, you're like you just said like your practice is aren't set in stone right so right. you give them that ability like hey i noticed this with our d can i take 20 minutes with the d today have fun right oh absolutely yes. right for sure and and that has happened all kinds of times yep. we don't hinge the puck nearly well enough we need to work okay well i got some stuff i i wanted the forwards to do our goaltenders and our forwards can shoot you take them how do you want you know i i, I don't just say hey i mean it's to show me what do you want to do so that i know what they're doing um so that if i come by i'm not counteracting or contradicting what yep. he or she just taught them yep Right. So we have to be kind of pulling the same way on the rope. Um, and you, it's amazing how much then they want to be there too. Yes. I know what you say though, too, right? Yeah. Oh, I just push cones or I just push pucks. And, and, you know, even if someone didn't play or doesn't necessarily have the skills to demonstrate, doesn't mean that they can't help and they can't be helpful in um, running a drill and telling them, Hey, this is what I want them to see. Or if yeah. they maybe come up with their own idea of, Hey, I saw this. What do you think? Yeah, do you good? That's great. Run it, you know. Yep. And that's the other thing too is that uh, you know when you when you talk about being a coaching staff and having buy-in and stuff like that, I do love the fact, and I do it probably once a week, twice a week, or you know as much as I can. I like actually telling my my assistant coaches like, hey, I'm gonna take 30 minutes and be with the forwards. You, you take 30 minutes, and I let them know ahead of time on that month. You know, practice is Tuesday, Monday. I let them know, hey, you got 30 right. minutes to D. Do what you need to do. Um, right. You know, the also the other thing too is looking at the skill sets of your assistant coaches and realizing what they are good at. And a lot of that's through conversation you just have with them and then letting them feel comfortable enough to go and run that practice while you, you know, might take a back seat and, and let them, you know, use what they know. So Right. You know, and I've done this long enough that I've had, I've coached with guys that were division one yeah. uh, hockey players um, and guys that weren't great skaters, uh, but were super passionate and yeah. they're all, they can all be super effective. Um, yeah. One guy that I'm, I'm thinking of uh, that was super passionate, um, but didn't have a great skill set. But oh my gosh, was he positive, man! I would send him off with a group of kids and just go do this, and then let him go. And man, they would come back just fired up because they did awesome. And yep. even when they didn't do everything right, he would find the stuff that they did do right and mm -hmm. retire about it. So the next next drill they were at, or if they were at a new station, they always came in fired up and ready to go. Yeah. So I, you know, I used like what he was able to do. His thing was like that positive, you know, pump and tires and, and he mm -hmm. wasn't fake or cheerleading. He would find something that they did that was good. And he could, he could pick that out. He may not have been able to replicate it himself, yeah. but he could, he could, he could say, Hey, I really like how you protected the puck as you came around there and then went upstairs. Right. I want to see you do that again. That was awesome. And then he'd tell everybody else that, and then everybody else wants to do that too. And he couldn't do it, mm -hmm. but pointed out, and he could do it enthusiastically. And that's a great point. And you you help with some of the Waha coaching clinics out there. Can you touch on, because I get this a lot, which is I'm just a volunteer coach, or I, I didn't play at a high level. Um, can you give, like, because that's one of the things I want coaches out there to know is that you don't have to play at a high level to coach. I mean, what are some of your thoughts on, on coaches? That, in order to be a good coach, you don't need to play at a high level. Can you just elaborate on that a little bit more? And um, you know, as far as like, 
coaching goes, like tell coaches out there, you don't have to be at a high level. You just got to bring a certain skill sets that, as a coach out there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a little bit of knowing what, yeah. you know, what, what are you, what are your strengths and what are your skills? Um, you know, I listen to a lot of different things. And as I know you do, I listen to a lot of different podcasts and, and they're not all hockey podcasts, yeah. but you know, I'm a hockey junkie. So, so I'm into that. And, and mm -hmm. I, and I'm always trying to figure out what to do, but if you're going to spend time and, and one of the things I listened to yesterday was 80% of coaches in youth sports coach their kids. Yep. So like they're in, I mean, it's yep. not necessarily because they're in it to coach their kids, but somebody's got a coach. Yeah. Right. And so most of the people are probably coaching because their kids are involved. Yep. If you're going to spend that time, don't you want your kid to have a great experience? And mm -hmm. if you want your kid to have a great experience, you want the other kids to have a great experience. So one of the things is you don't have to be great, but you have to be willing to put in some effort and time. And no matter yeah. what, you, like, it's the same thing you're going to, like, I'm sure you, you tell your kids this, right? If you want to be good, what do you have to do? Work. Yeah, yeah you got to yeah. put effort into yeah. it, right? I mean, some kids are just going to be naturally pretty skilled yep. when they come in because they're athletically gifted and they have a, pretty good brain. They yeah. see things quick and whatever they get that just like some kids get the math real quick and some kids get English real quick and some kids can sing. That, that's great. But regardless, if you're going to try to be like, be good, take some effort. So, yeah. um, you know, you don't have to have played, but you do have to put some, some time in. Right. Yeah. And if, you, if, if your kid likes it, then you like, that should be kind of motivation that, Yep. I want to make a good experience for him because, or her, because, you know, she really likes this and, and I want them to, to get a lot out of it. So I'm going to spend a little time looking at some videos or trying to, you know, do some, you know, talking to coaches, right? Yeah. The coaches, especially in the organizations, talk to the coaches in your organizations. There's tons of good coaches out there that um, will talk to you. Actually talk to the coaches you're coaching against, right? You play a game on Saturday morning talk to them before the game go mm -hmm. talk to them. introduce yourself hey i've got pucks for warm-ups i always do that i always want pucks for warm-ups because i don't ever want to take pucks to other people's rinks it's a, you know i got water bottles in my playboard don't let me don't make me bring my pucks you bring yeah. the pucks you got plenty right mm -hmm. and so i always go meet the coach and say hey right and then talk to him and be like and then after the game you can say hey your team was really good at x y or z how do you like, what do you do? Mm -hmm. They're going to tell you. Yeah. Right. They I mean, will. Right. Ryan, if you ask somebody yeah. that, what are they going to say? Is well, well I, you know, yeah. everyone's going to talk about that. You know, especially if you're telling them great things, they're going to want to talk about it. Right. They're going to want, you know, you just pump them up. They're going to want to be able to, you know, expand on what they saw and what they're doing. And everyone loves sharing information. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially if you're open to receiving it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's, it, it doesn't have to be, you know, painful to, to yeah. learn. You just have to be open to ideas and, and, and work. And, and, um, the other thing I'd say is thank you, right. To yeah. those coaches that are, that are doing it because without you, the, you know, the kids don't have a plan chance. Although, right. That's one of the things we tell our kids a lot is you don't need us to play. Mm -hmm. We need you to coach. In order for me to coach, I need you to be here. Yep. So who's more who's more important in the equation? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. without players, coaches players. can't coach. Yeah. Right. But without coaches, players can still play. <laughs> they can. Right. So 
you know, let's not oversell how important we are. Right. Yeah. I mean, we are super important in, in, in many ways. Like what you like, you have the effect that you have, yeah. but, um, you know, players still have to play and you got to yeah. give them the game. Absolutely. Um, and I want to get into some questions now about the actual gameplay and what you see okay. as a coach out there. Um, give me your pregame warm up. Oh, this and is what you're, and what you're trying to accomplish. You got three minutes on the ice before the game starts. What are you telling the kids? What are you trying to get done? Okay, so three minutes and we play three games this weekend, yeah. right? Yep. So I've got two games Saturday, one game Sunday. That's nine mm -hmm. minutes of practice. Yeah. Right. So that's nine minutes of practice. And, and if we play for 10 weeks, mm -hmm. that's 90 minutes of practice. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay. That's 90 minutes of practice that those kids get. And I watch other teams warmups and I go, Hmm, that's 90 minutes. We're going to be better by the end of the year, just yeah. from those 90 minutes. Now, what do we do? Um, I do, but I also am trying to prepare them for a game. Yeah. Right. So it, mm -hmm. I mean, I want them to get loose and I want them, and my goalie needs to see some shots and do different things. So I use it like um, one of the things the last couple of years, my defensemen, we really like to hinge the puck in the neutral zone. Uh, we like to change the side of attack and things like that. So we do a hinge drill for mm -hmm. pass. So our D men are skating and handling pucks and our forwards are doing um, a transition skating and passing drill while right. our, while our goalie takes some uh, shots from a player that I, pick and I usually rotate that kid through right usually um you know as they get older sometimes it becomes a certain kid who can do that job well yep but uh but I want I, so it's basically looks a little bit like a station practice yeah you know um and so that I got forwards doing things down in the circles and I got d-men doing things in the neutral zone and we're doing that and we do that for about a minute minute and a half and everybody gets a bunch of touches and some skating in, and then we go into um, a two-on-one drill. So now okay. they got to think about things. And my goalie's getting some game-like shots now. Yeah. And so my goalie's got to go side to side. We got to move the puck. My defenseman's got to handle the puck, skate forward, skate backwards, transition, and things like that. So it's just a little bit of. Uh, so it's twofold, right? It's number one. I'm trying to, I'm trying to um, get them, but blood going and ready and ready to go. And number two, I'm trying to practice. Yeah. See, I never, I've, I've never thought about the warmups as that, as a, as a, like, as you said, it's 90, it's, it's 90 minutes of, it's 90 minutes of hockey, extra practice you're getting and stuff like that. What are some things that you've seen though? Cause you, you mentioned early on in your, your answer that you saw some people when they run the warmups, you're going, Ugh. what are some things that you, I want to say would shy away from in your warmups then? So anything that like when, so you're watching, uh, when I'm watching a warm up, they've got yeah. three minutes. Sometimes you have five minutes, right? Yeah. But most of the time it's three minutes. Like anything that has kids standing around. Mm -hmm. um, I think anytime you can have pucks on, on kids sticks, anytime they're moving their feet, handling a puck. Um, obviously you got to get your goaltender into it. Mm -hmm. So um, anytime when you have a long, a long line of kids, and one kid going at a time or two kids mm -hmm. going at a time, you know, the old, uh, I, and I hear it, we always call it here in Wisconsin, the rainbow drill. Um, I heard it's called the Wisconsin drill and you, you're smiling. You know what I'm talking about, I right? I, to me, like when, you know, back in the day when I didn't supply the pucks, that was the only thing we were accomplishing there is giving the other team all of our pucks because the kid skates out around the uh, top of the circle around the uh, face off dot in the neutral zone comes in and then we, fire a pass to him and it goes to the other end. 
right? And then the next guy goes. But, you know, so there's so many uh, things going there where, you know, one kid's going at a time. Yep. They're not getting their heart rate up. They're not getting their feet moving because um, they're standing in line. Your goalie's getting one shot at a time. And, well, your goalie should only get one shot at a time. But, you know what I mean? It's such a slow pace, yep. right? They're not re- They're not getting ready to compete, and they're not getting better, mm-hmm. right? So anything where you have a long line of kids, I I, I want them going. You could go to an NHL pre- uh, game, and you go to the warm-ups. I, I took my son, and we were looking. I'm like, oh, my God, look at the two-on-ones with a goalie in the net. It was like three of them going at one time. One was at the bottom of the hash marks. One was at the top of the circles. And one was just outside the blue line. And it was just continuous. Yep. I'm like, holy cow, now those guys are going. Yeah. Right? That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then speaking of games, let's 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 uh, let's go back maybe an hour before your games. What are some of the practices that you instill in your team as far as like – uh, how early you want your team there before a game? Um, do you do warm-ups? Uh, how you know how much before you go on the ice do you do a pregame speech? And what does your pregame maybe your little pregame speech entail? So, right, um, that's really good. So that's kind of that's a little tricky, right? Yeah. Um, as as far as I'm concerned, as far as like how early to be there, because mm-hmm. we all have busy lives. So mm-hmm. I like to be there 45 minutes early. Okay, but that's not you know, an hour to 45 minutes and I, you know, whatever, but I, but I don't necessarily have a hard, fast rule for the kids. Okay. Because right now I'm coaching Bantams. Let's say I'm coaching Peewees, right? Those kids are 11 and 12. They can't get to the rink by themselves. <laughs> now I do have a conversation with the parents and say, Hey, you know, we want you here at this time, but I get mm-hmm. it. You know, one, one of the kids on um, my son's team and the team I've coached the last, you know, four years or whatever is the middle of five boys that all play hockey. Yeah. So he's always on time. Cause he's super, I mean, that's just the way he is. Like he mm-hmm. gets mad at his parents. If they're not there yet or whatever, but um, you know, let's be realistic in the middle of five boys, right? <laughs> like how do they get him to the rink on time? Yeah. You know, we're going up to play in Fond du Lac and he's got to get, well, you know, he gets, so I do have a conversation with the parents say, try to do your best to be on time. I yep. get sometimes life happens and it doesn't. Yep. And the kids will, you know, the kids end up being upset and disappointed if, if they're, you know, parents didn't get them there on time. But I do tell them, Hey, um, if your son or daughter was playing video games and not getting ready and it's on them, please let me know, you know, no, so, I- you know, because because there's some responsibility in your and your teammates are counting yeah. too. So anyhow, we get to the rink, and I like to get to the rink and have everybody do there. I like to have them get a ball and a um, uh, stick, and a lot of rinks don't like that. But you know, maybe even in the locker room, I don't want them shooting balls all over the place. I just want them getting their hands going and kind of start thinking about playing hockey. Um, once they got into Pee Wee, I started doing a pregame kind of. You know, in sports, I kind of let them. Yeah, we sometimes run through stuff and get them going, get them together, try to get them going. But they're nine and 10, 11 and 12. I started thinking about them for sure. And, and ban them. Like we're going to do a pregame uh, warm up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, get, get our bodies going. And that's, that we start as the year goes on, it's a little bit of a progression. We, we build on things. And as the year goes on, we start talking about winning the warm up. Yeah. Right? And, and they're like, what? And like, well, what's the other team doing? You know, are they focused? Are they prepared? And then when we go on the ice for warm-ups, we talk about winning that warm-up. Like, 
like let's be the best team in the warmups. If you're the best team off ice getting prepared and you're the best team in the warmups on the ice, when the puck drops, you've got an advantage. Yeah. So we talk about a little bit about that, but you know, that's not like from day one, we kind of build into that. Here's what we're going to do. This is, and then we give them the why this, you know, physiologically it's getting our body ready. Mentally it's getting our mind ready to play so that we're, you know, we're prepared and ready to go. So that's kind of how, like what, where we start to begin and how far we, you know, up until game time. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's, that's, that's some great points there. And it's one of the things, the reasons I want to touch on a little bit, because, I mean, what are, what is the hour before the game, you know, and the, and, and the warmups, it's preparation for the game, right? And right. we're teaching our kids here to almost like a life lesson on being prepared. Like, you know, like this is the test, right? That's the game is the test, right? And, and in order to right. make sure we're ready for the test, we need to be prepared. And coaches who I've noticed that have their kids ready to go and prepared, those kids actually, when it comes to other teams, and when it comes to high school and maybe even past high school, they're the ones that understand what you know what preparation is. That you can't just walk into something and, and get results. And I think that's that's what I've what I've realized. A lot of great teams out there is that it's not a culture shock to the kids when they get to that next level of what being prepared is. So, um, but every coach has a different level of preparedness. Like I love your analogy that you don't what you do with the squirts is different than what you do with the peewees. Like, and then it's obviously what you do different than the bantams. And as you would high school and as you get older, I know at college, I was getting the ring two and a half hours before the games. Like, sure. Oh, yeah. for sure. Cause you might do some video. Yes. Right. Yeah. When you're in college, I mean, and you might have position meetings and, yep. and this and that and, 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 you know, the rigor of the college game is going to be yep. right. Where you like physically what you have to do to prepare. Yeah. Right? And there's a buildup. It's, it's learning how, like, and that's what it was, you know, like, you know, getting, helping with my youth career and getting there an hour as, you know, as you got older, it's an hour and a half. So, you know, when my college coach is like, oh, you know, games at eight, see at 530. And it's like, well, what do you mean? 530? Like, I eat at 530. And he's like, no, no, you're there at 530. So you're like, okay, well, why? And that's because you don't realize that there's things that happen. You have your power play meeting, your penalty kill meeting, you know, and, and that's what I've also realized that early you get to the rink means the more you're going to play, especially as you get older, because right. you're in those special team meetings, right? And that's yeah. where you want to be. And Right. And that's part of the preparation for games that kids need to understand that as you prepare as a younger, like the more prepared you are, the better you're going to be. So, um, and for the kids out there that are trying to understand why our coaches are trying to make us there, get us there an hour ahead of time. It's because we're trying to prepare you, right? Right. You want your mind in it. You want your you know body getting ready. It's a whole package before, you know, in order to play that game. So, and that, you know what, that transfers into anything else in life. Yes. Right? I, I want to go to a job interview and my job interviews at one. I don't want to be rolling in at five to one that, that I'm not going to have a very good interview. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause I didn't get a chance to see what the, what's the building like, what's the room yeah. like, what's the layout like, right. I want, like, I want to go to that job interview. I'm going to be there 20 minutes early. I don't want to yeah. be there so long that I'm sitting around not doing anything, but I want to be there. Right. Well, I might learn that from getting to the rink early playing mm -hmm. hockey. Yep. And let's be honest as coaches, most of us are, it'd be great to coach a kid in the NHL, but most of us are actually preparing kids for life after hockey. And, and like the warm-ups and things like that, that we all talk about. And some kids are like, like, no, these are the things we're preparing you for, like being on time and stuff like that, life lessons. And so thanks for uh, discussing that with us. Um, one of the other things too, I want to talk about is sportsmanship um, and poor sportsmanship in particular. 
Um, I want you to maybe talk about um, how you maybe confronted some poor sportsmanship on a player on your own team. How'd you handle it? And, you know, maybe a little background story and what happened. So that's a, that's a really good question. I think, you know, part of that comes from um, like, how do I want to put this? What, the culture you create, yep. right? Do you want to be proactive or reactive to the situation? Mm -hmm. So, you know, one of the things that I've done, um, and I learned this from listening to a podcast of a guy named James Leith. So mm -hmm. I'm like, like anything I've done, I've, I've learned from somebody else. Like I've yeah. had very few of my own good ideas. <laughs> I, can spot, I can spot great ideas, right? Yeah. Like I got tons of great ideas from you when we did that camp together, yeah. right? Um, I can spot them. I don't necessarily always come up with them myself. But anyhow, James Leith and listen to a podcast he was doing, and it was just about handshakes. And I'll do this with classes that I teach, but I also do it with my um, my teams. And so very beginning, very first, so go through tryouts, team is set. We're going to meet in the lock. Uh, we're going to first practice. I want you in the locker room. I want everybody in the locker room. And I want them there, whatever, half hour early, whatever. Enough time that they're going to, so I want to go through this. And I walk in the locker room. And I know that this, you know, last year I, I knew most of the kids on the team. I knew yeah. all the kids on the team, but regardless, right. I go around the room and I shake everybody's hand and I say, welcome. I'm so glad to be working with you. Thank you. Whatever. But if they don't give me a good handshake, I start over. Not with mm -hmm. everybody, with that kid. I stop and I look and I shake their hand again. And so by a good handshake, I mean, they look in me in the eye and it's a good firm handshake. Mm -hmm. Right. And I go through all that. And the very first thing is, and then I, and then I ask them, why did I do that? And they go, oh, and kid, well, you know, we're, we're learning how to shake hands. So yeah, we're learning how to great shake hands. It's a huge skill, right? You're going to need this for future in your life. It's a great skill, this and that. And I said, but it's also how we treat the other team. Mm -hmm. After the game, we will not have anybody bumping knuckles um, and with their glove on. No, that, that's not allowed on my team. You'll take your you'll take your glove off, and the goalie sometimes the hardest, right? And he's trying to yeah. he's always and he's always at the first of the handshake line, but he's uh, figured out like you will take your glove off and you will shake it. I don't care if what happened in the game. I don't care like whatever. Like it could be the worst like officiated game, and and they were cheap, and like you really don't like that guy on that other team. I don't care you're going to take your glove off and you're going to shake his hand and you're going to do it well. And you're going to look the guys in the eye and you're going to tell them good game because if they don't come and show up, we don't have a game. Yep. I start there. I start mm -hmm. my season there. When I do that, I rarely have kids with sportsmanship problems. Yeah. Because it's funny. proactive. Yep. It's funny. Bring that up because I have the same exact philosophy on end of the game handshakes. Um, and you know it as a coach as well as I do. I don't like getting in my car, you know, your, your, your hands are on the steering wheel, and what do you smell? You smell hot gloves, right? Right. And you're like, what? And you had a kid that I call it just getting stink palmed, right? Because they're, they're shaking your hands, but they're doing their gloves on. Um, and like when you're in the locker room, you know, you get in the car you're, and you're driving, and you smell all those kids who just played a 60 minute game, gloves on your gloves. So I always tell my kids, take your, like, Take your gloves off, shake a hand. If you're having issues with your glove, just throw it aside, right? Right. 
Yeah. Just get rid of it. Like, cause you will be, and you will be ready to shake the opposing team's hand. As a coach, how many times do you remember it when you see a team and every single one of them takes off their gloves to shake, you shake your hand? Oh right? yeah. Yeah. It's, I've, yeah. I've had a couple coaches say stuff to me about yeah. that. Say, Hey, that was the best handshake line I've ever been in. Yep. And that's what I always tell my kids too. It's not just shaking their hand, but when you get to the coaches, you stop. Like it's not a, you know, kind of a slap and go right. through. They stop with the coaches, right? I understand with the other team and the players, it's hard to kind of shake their hands. And some of them, depending on the game went, it's going to be more lackluster or enthusiastic about shaking your hand. But the coaches will always stop for a kid who's going to shake their hand, right? And right. as a opposing coach, you notice that and you recognize it. And that's the thing I love about this, what you just said, is because you remember it because it can help you later on in life, right? Yeah. Like if you were – like if I'm at a tryout and I'm sitting there going and I go, oh, I, I remember that kid because he played on that team and that coach had his players doing that, which automatically right then and there in my head, I go, that's that kid who's been coached properly. I'm not going to have any issues with them. And you know what? I'm more inclined to take a better look at him, right? Oh, for sure. So, yep. For sure. <laughs> you know, yep. even competitive wise in that yep. season, I'm, I'm sure. Have you ever done this? Where gone through line and said after the game, like they may have beat us. They, yeah, they beat us today. They were pretty good. They won't beat us again. And they look, you know. Have you ever said that to your team? And they go, I said, do you, do you, what they do in the handshake line? Yeah. What were the handshakes like? And they're like, oh, they were. And our kids, they start free. And like, I'm like, we'll, we'll beat them next time. Yep. We got to work, but we will beat them. And many times it comes through, right? Yeah. Because. It's like it's those it's little things of discipline that, that make a big difference. And it's the character. It's the character of the team that, that, that you're instilling in kids. And that's yeah. like I, I've, I've said it to people all the time, like talent win games and talent will get you through like a lot of the season. But talent's not going to get you through a doubt, like a, 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 a losing streak. The thing that's going to get you through a losing streak is character. Right. Oh, for sure. And it's like like you said, being proactive with coaching, like. You right. can instill things right from the opening hop of your season that's going to instill character that will help your team out in a time period where you might not be winning games, right? Like right. you said, there's teams that might beat you in the beginning of the season, right? But, like, they're going to have a downtime, right? And if they don't have the character, like you said, and the character sometimes you can tell right in a handshake line. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, they're yeah, sometimes you're playing that team again, right? Yes. Now that handshake team, and now it's not going their way. And yep. now you're like on the bench. You're just like, hey, look at their bench. What's mm -hmm. going on? And they're like, oh, they're chirping. Yeah, they're chirping at each other. That's not yep. how we do it, right? We're in this together, right? They're chirping yep. at each other. You got them. That's right where you want them, right? Yep. I mean, now I'm never hoping that on another team, no. like, right? Um, yep. But, like, it's a competitive game. Yep. We're trying to teach our kids the value of, of being good teammates and all that. So if we start with that and respecting the other team, like without them, we're going to shake their hands because without them, we don't get to play. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and it's the same thing with the officials, although a lot of the officials don't want to shake their hands. And I, I'm not that they don't want to shake hands. They do the fist bump. And I'm okay with that, right? Because yep. th that's fine. But we're going to go tell the official thank you. And, and most kids and most teams do that. But a lot of a lot of themes, the whole the whole high five, like going through the line, good game, good game, good game with a high five, I think is too insincere. I really want to tell them, hey, good game. Thanks for coming. How are how early is too early to institute that with kids? That's my question because I I've done it at like the mite level when I was playing mite spring teams where you get your first taste of full ice. Right. And the kids didn't understand why I was doing it. 
Um, but for you, like, how early is too early to start that? That's a really good question. Um, I think the one thing it might, I make sure they take their hands off, their yeah. gloves, right? Yep. Um, you ate, take your glove off. You can go through and, and, and high five. Um, I think you could start, maybe, I think you could start talking about it. It's where just, you know, it's not the same, yep. but it's a little, Hey, we would like to shoot. We want your glove is off for sure. It's squirt. Mm -hmm. And, um, you're going to, you know, I, I don't think it's ever too early to, um, uh, start talking about respect of the game and respect mm -hmm. of your opponent. Um, and all that, because the sooner you start talking about it, right. It's just like anything else. Um, when you're teaching any of the skills, right. When you start teaching skills for a U8 kid, are you really teaching that? Like you're trying to stretch that player, yeah. right. You're trying to stretch her or him. And I'm sometimes do stuff and have parents go to me like, what were you doing there? I'm like, Oh, you'll never see that this year. And like, what? Well, why are you? I'm like, oh, we're just, doing it here and there, throwing it out there. Because by the time, you know, when there are squirts, I'm like, by the time there's second year peewee, you'll see that. Right. Yeah. We're not doing it every time, but like, I'm, I'm just throwing stuff out there. I'm throwing, I'm, 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 you know, sowing some seeds now for later in the future. Now in Bantam, I'm doing stuff in Bantam. I'm doing stuff in, I was doing stuff in peewee for high school. Yeah. Right. And we're yep. running some of the same concepts. But we're trying to, right? It's no different with handshake and sportsmanship. I think you start sowing the seeds. So how do you actually do it? Do you maybe actually make them shake their hands? No, but me start by taking the glove off. Yeah. Um, you start telling them good game. But you also talk to them, you talk to them right away about without them, we don't have a game. Yep. That's the last thing I love you brought up about you. You make your players shake the referee's hands or say thank you for doing that job because that's a that's been an ever increasing issue with not just hockey but all sports where we're having a lack of disrespect and care for what our referees are providing us because if without referees too we don't have a game exactly. And one of the things that I've always told my kids is like not only do you shake the other team's hand but you make an effort to save some of the referees because. I think if we can, as coaches, start instituting respect for our referees at an early age, then that hopefully can translate for when they get older. And, you know, and then hopefully 30 years from now, I'll have, you know, of all the kids I've coached, they'll have a respect for that referee that allows them to treat them as human beings right, <laughs> on the ice. And I think that's super important because right now we're stuck in a, we're stuck in a game that, for the most part, we have a lot of people that don't respect our refs. And they're not treated properly and things like that. And people think, well, I can say it. Like it's because, you know, it's part of the game. But he's like, no, you can't say that. Like right. you can't treat somebody that way. And right. I think what you brought up earlier helps with that respect. You make sure the kids say thank you, like right. to the referees. And right. as you get older, those kids will start understanding that respect level. And hopefully that can translate to when they're coaching, they're going into that saying, you know, uh, you know, respecting the game more. So, um, um, so lastly, uh, we've got a few last questions. Um, can you give me one piece of advice for a youth parent? Oh, what do you <laughs> for this one? This is this, the, like I've got to, to make it down to one is, <clears throat> is good. is hard. What do you say here? Uh, when, when you, uh, you know, the one thing I'm big on right now, and just because I've heard of a lot of, of coaches talk in the last month, um, is, is been the blame and, um, and what I mean by blame is is that when things don't go right, instead of looking in the mirror and saying, 
what can my son do better or or letting your son have excuses like i think blame for me right now is one of those things where i'm i'm giving advice to parents saying just stop blaming people right like don't blame the coaches don't blame the referees like you should be trying to encourage your kid to either work harder find out what happened like self reflect and then move on but my biggest thing my my advice to parents is just stop blaming people like it's it's a game one like it's right. not life or death right. um people move on people make mistakes and you know what the, what are you teaching your kid when you get into a car ride confession home and 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 instead of saying something like well what did you do to get better or you know what did you see out there it's can you believe that this kid did that your line mate did that i can't believe your coach you know, did this or the referees did that, or it's not your fault, you know, like that. And that's my piece of advice to parents is quit blaming others and reflect on everything, you know, reflect on the game, what you can do, what, what's in your control, what's not in your control and things like that. So. Um. Yeah, that, that's really good. Um, I, I've been so lucky. I've had like the, the, the youth parents that I have on, on the club that, you know, in the club are yeah. just, like everybody gets along um, all the different levels of the teams, yep. the parents get along and, and like, we'll go to a restaurant and it's not the A team yep. players from the polar caps. Yep. Right? Um, so, and parents from the polar. So I'm, I'm really, really fortunate. So the couple of things I, but I would say is a, it goes by really fast. Yeah. It goes by like, and so tell your child, you love watching them play. That's a good one. Because you do. They do yes. love watching them play. Um, so that should be the number one thing. And I don't tell my kid enough, but I do. I love watching him play. Right. So, and number two, if you never, like, especially if you've never played, if you have played, you understand. John Butchgrass has that um, 10 things or whatever for, yeah, you've read that. But one of them is hockey is hard. It's unbelievably hard. So, I mean, I still sometimes have dreams of remembering when I was like five, right, or whatever, and I'm right there and the puck comes and I can't get in a wide open net. You know, I fall down and it's still there and I got to get up and I slip and I fall. And, and I, I still, I distinctly remember that. Mm -hmm. I was learning, right? It is hard. So like, that would be the other thing. Like, so enjoy watching them play. It goes fast. Tell them you love them and understand like it is hard. So why didn't you, why didn't you pass to that guy? Well, <laughs> there's, where should I start? Right? <laughs> you what? Know, here's the other thing. And this is good for coaches too. I have to always remind myself, the farther you get away from the puck, the easier the game is to play. Mm -hmm. What I mean is when I'm, on the puck playing offense, defense, or whatever, it's really hard. When I'm away from the puck, like seeing what should happen is easier. When I'm yeah. on the bench, it's it's like I can see what's going to happen three steps ahead. Yep. I go up into the bleachers a little bit. I can see way more than that. Mm -hmm. Right. I go up into the top of the arena – I can see everything that's going to happen. I can tell you they're coming on a zone exit. They're going to score a goal. It's super easy. Can you, this guy's going to go here. This guy's going to go there. The puck's going to get moved. And if the goalie makes a, uh, unless the goalie makes an, 
unbelievable save. That puck's going to be in the back of the net. You can see it. You know what I'm talking yeah. about, right? The farther you get away from the puck, the easier the game is to see and understand. Mm -hmm. So understand when your kid's right on the puck or playing, it's hard. Yeah. Those are – I, you know, I'm glad you did it. You're the first person that's brought up that kind of uh... – um, advice for the parents and I love the I love your first one is just tell your kids you love watching them play because it goes by quick and that is <clears throat> that's something that it sometimes is tough because parents only learn that when their kid stops playing right, right? and then right. it's like oh my gosh like the other thing too is and I've said this to parents is that love those car rides with your kids yes like, relish them like because you might sit there and go, oh, I got to drive to Verona today. But like when your kid's a freshman in high school and he's taking the team bus down there and you're driving maybe with your significant other down there and right. you don't have that like kid in the back that you're talking with, you're getting to know, like that's gone. Like don't sit there and like be, you know, like, oh man, I don't want to drive here. We got to go to where this weekend? And like yeah. it ends and it ends quick. And then there's going to be a day where the only time that you really remember, like you want it back, is when you can't have it anymore. <laughs> right, my older son's in college, right? Yep. I still remember driving up to Eau Claire, and he loved going up that way because the subways up there had a different cheese. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's, it's it's that's what's awesome. Yes, absolutely. I miss that. Yeah. I miss um, that. Um. Last question for you. Go back in time and give a 12, 13-year-old you one piece of advice. This is such a great question. Um, I love this question. I know exactly what I would tell myself. Don't be afraid to fail. Yep. Don't be afraid to fail. I was, I was really lucky. I was a pretty good hockey player. I played mm – -hmm you know, against and with guys that were really good, um, you know, guys that played some NHL and whatever. And I'd go to camps and I'd be there and I'd go to Oaxaca camp. And I, right, I wanted to be noticed, yep. but I didn't want to be noticed. So I did everything safe, right? Mm -hmm. So I go to a power skating camp with Grant Stanbrook and, Grant, I don't know if you know Grant Stanbrook. Yeah. He was an assistant coach for uh, University of Wisconsin for years with Bob Johnson and then with Jeff Sauer a little bit. And then he went out to Maine and won some national championships out there. And he is just a guru, just like unbelievable, great coach. And I distinctly remember being like, oh, boy, if I get on my edge that much, I might fall, right? And then what will these other guys think and, like, I, if I could go back and tell myself to do anything, it's like, don't be afraid to fail. Like, mm -hmm. who cares? Right? Those Because those kids that do that stuff, that do fall, get better. Yeah. And that's that's exactly right. And you think about all the times what, what failure does for kids. I know there's all these cliche terms with, that come along with failure and things like that, but failure like it really just shows i mean like for me when i see kids fail like one they they learn so much from it right and then it also puts it out there right if you you know it's kind of it's like repetition you do something once it's it's hard but as you do it more it's easier right and right. that's what it is if, if you fail you find out why you failed and then you do it again and right. then you find out a way to succeed and right. like it's it's i that's that's an awesome point um glad you can bring that up well um this has been an awesome interview and i i like i said i really appreciate you coming on and um i i learned a ton <laughs> like well, 
<laughs> I, I really did. That's why it's, I knew you'd be a great interview, and I'm really appreciative that you could be on. Do you have any last advice that you'd like to share or anything like that? Ah, oh, boy. Um, you know, I would, first of all, be safe to everybody out there. Wash yeah. your hands. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the one thing is, is um, enjoy it, right? Enjoy yeah. it. There's so much... Um, and I get caught up like anybody else. Right. And it's a game and you want to win and, and all that, but really enjoy the experiences that like the opportunity to meet you. Um, yeah. I would never have been able to do this. Right. Yeah. And I would love to come up and do stuff with you and, and like the people you get to meet, the game is not, um, I mean, it's such a small group of people. Mm-hmm. And so when you, when, you know, enjoy, enjoy the opportunity to be involved because it's the greatest game on earth. And it's got that to me, I think it's got that I played tons of sports, but it's got, there's nothing that's got a tighter knit community than hockey. Right. Nothing better than a hockey locker room, right? Oh, for sure. And no other sport has that. Yes. No other sport has that. The closest thing baseball's got is baseball with a dugout, but that's not the same. Right. I forget who said it, but it was on a podcast I was listening to. I don't know if it was Spitting Chicklets or somebody, but they had said that one of the guys just wanted to pay a bunch of guys to come get dressed with them in the locker room. And then they get dressed, they talk, and then they just get undressed and go home. Like, that's all he wanted. Like, that's it. Right. Like, and that's the best part about hockey, right? Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, it's 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 the greatest sport on earth, but it also has the tightest net community. And so, you know, to anybody out there, thanks for being involved in whatever aspect, whether you're helping run a concession stand to help keep the cost down or you're volunteering to drive the Zamboni or what, uh, your, the ice scheduler. Oh my God. Thank God for the ice schedulers. Um, and, or whatever team mom, team dad, rep, whatever, whatever you do, thank you. Um, and enjoy it because it's, it's a great opportunity to make connections like, like nothing else. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming on. I really do appreciate it. And, uh, um, I like to say, um, you know, everyone out there, um, check in on Views from the Bench on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. At noon on Wednesday, we have Coach Steve Leibert, who I know you know. Yeah. Um, he's, yeah he's coming out. I'll be watching. He's he's awesome. Yeah, he's going to be another great one. And then on Friday, I have co-creator uh, from Views from the Bench, Grant Geisberg, is on with me too. So uh, check back then, guys, and everyone, uh, good luck and stay safe out there.